ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. It's a disease that's so common in all Australians, a heartbreaking condition that develops in many people as they age. There was a gentleman here, his wife got dementia at 65 and he just watched her fade away. I'm Larise Dixon and today on Newcastle Cast, the reality of caring for a loved one living with dementia. It impacts so much of your life and you can feel very alone, very isolated if you don't have anybody else. And how a potential breakthrough drug is being tested in the Hunter. 150,000 people develop Alzheimer's every year. Many of them may have their quality of life improved. It's estimated that more than 400,000 Australians live with dementia. You probably know someone who's been affected by this. Dementia is an umbrella term for losing your memory or language skills or your ability to solve problems. Alzheimer's disease is the most common cause of dementia. No, when I forget things, I'm like, oh shit, this no. is the beginning. No. This is the beginning. Cara O'Brien is a producer here at ABC Newcastle. When we began looking into an episode about dementia and Alzheimer's, she told me about her parents, Christopher and Anne. I'll start with my mum because that's when I first encountered uh, dementia. It started with really small things, things that she could just put off by being a bit scatterbrained. And she would go to the GP and the GP would assess her and my mum was really, really good at masking it, really good at hiding it. However, it came to about 10 years later uh, and it's been a slow decline. Things are getting more and more uh, where it's starting to be dangerous. So, for example, uh, my parents were shopping in a supermarket and they got to, you know, an aisle and mum said to dad, oh, I forgot the eggs. And I said, oh, sorry, I'll wait here, I'll, I'll continue shopping. Um, and he waited and he waited. And about 10 minutes passed. You know, oh, he's, she's got caught talking to someone, she's picking up something else. So he started looking around the supermarket and she wasn't there. And he started to then get very worried. He was calling her mobile and she wasn't answering. Long story short, he didn't find her for two hours. He called us at our respective jobs. We came down to town to have a look for her and she just forgot. First of all, she forgot where she was going. She forgot that she was going to get eggs and that dad was also in the supermarket and she just carried on about her day. And when we found her, she didn't realise the worry and the panic that she had put us all through. Mm. Uh, and that was the catalyst. And she got uh, diagnosed pretty quickly, but she had to have, obviously, scans, and that showed that there was Alzheimer's. That was in the January. And then in the December of that same year, my dad was diagnosed with Alzheimer's. And it was incredibly difficult because we did not see that coming. In the space of a year, both of Cara's parents had suddenly been diagnosed with Alzheimer's. Despite having the same condition, it manifested differently for both parents. Cara's mum, Anne, had had a long, slow decline that affected how she experienced empathy. For her dad, Christopher, his motor skills were impacted. Cara has a clear memory of asking her father to sign a birthday card for her mum. And I had bought my dad the birthday card. Mm. I said, Dad, here's your birthday card to Mum. Sign it. And my dad couldn't write 
my mum's name. He just held the pen in his hand and he looked at me and he said, how do you spell it? I said, Dad, it's Anne. You know, you've been married for 50 years. Anne. And he, he just couldn't. He was just looking at me with this fear in his eyes. I, I can't do it. And I thought, OK, we have a problem. It's a massive, a massive um, change to anybody's family that has a diagnosis of dementia. But personally, for, for ours, it was added with an extra layer of complication because I had started having a family. And the reason that I took over the caring is because I wasn't working. Well, sorry, I was off work, yeah. <laughs> in inverted commas, I had a newborn baby. Suddenly, Cara found herself as a carer, not only to her newborn child, but to both of her parents. I remember at the time I had a six-week-old and I'm trying to feed, breastfeed my, my son. I'm trying to change nappies. I'm trying to remember all the information. And I'm the type of person that wants to know everything, to understand it. I want to know the science behind it. I'm a doctor's worst nightmare. The trouble is, despite how common the condition is, there is not a lot right now doctors can tell patients or carers in terms of treatment. All they can tell you is that you have it. And that is really strange. Like, I wanted to be told, look, you've probably got about a year or two like this. And then what happens after about two years, you'll notice this happens. And then you've probably got about 10 years left of the person that you know today. Something like that. You're looking for answers from these professionals and they can't give you one. You don't know if it's going to be one year or 20 years mm. on a decline. And that's the thing about dementia. It is a process of loss. It's grief over a very long period of time. When you see people at 65 or patients who have lost their memory and they're in another world, we have no treatment for it. And it's terrible to see them deteriorate like that. You go and see them and it's, there's nobody there. Margaret Williamson has seen firsthand the impacts dementia can have on someone's life. Before she retired, she worked as a registered nurse. Seeing how people became lost, that's what motivated Margaret to sign up for a new Alzheimer's drug clinical trial run through the Hunter Medical Research Institute. Being an identical twin, we've been in twin studies from when we were teens. We said, yeah, we'll go do this, but there won't be anything wrong with us. We're OK. <laughs> and uh, they scanned us and did the blood tests. The MRI showed we had high amyloid and we're going, oh. And they said, oh, that's all right. Having high amyloid does not mean you will get dementia. It's just that you've got it. Both Margaret and her twin sister Marilyn have a high amount of amyloid. That's a particular protein in their brains. That qualified them to take part in this drug trial run by Professor Michael Brakespear. So all of us have amyloid in the brain and it's usually cleared particularly during sleep. In people who are developing um, Alzheimer's disease in particular, the clearance is slower than the build-up. So over many years, amyloid begins to accumulate 
And the theory is early in the disease, if you can remove the amyloid, then you can prevent the downstream destructive effects. That's the pharmacological agents that we're using. They're for people with low levels of amyloid. There's uh, two of them that we're looking at, in particular lecanemab and denanemab. These are things called monoclonal antibodies. They attach to the amyloid and they remove it from the brain. This trial looks at how lecanemab could work to slow cognitive decline in people who currently have Alzheimer's or maybe even prevent Alzheimer's from occurring. There are multiple trials going across Australia looking into its effectiveness, but Newcastle is the only regional location on the list. They're disease modifying. They're not just treating the symptoms of Alzheimer's, but they're actually modifying the, the progression of the disease. So this is now bringing Alzheimer's research up to where we've been in, you know, like cancer research, where there's now preventions and cures for cancer research. What we don't know is do we prevent Alzheimer's disease in those people who are still healthy? That's what we're doing with Margaret and her twin sister here. Uh, we know that with high likelihood, the small amounts of amyloid that we've detected will be removed. And what we believe from a whole lot of research is that, that will lower their risk of getting Alzheimer's in maybe 5, 10, 15 years. And that would be the most exciting outcome. Every fortnight for the next four years, Margaret and Marilyn and others signed up to the trial will go and have an IV infusion. So we're given a bag of fluid. We don't know if we're getting the drug or a placebo. We won't know. They don't tell us. We just go and, and yeah. And our husbands have to watch us and see if we lose our memory or anything. <laughs> I'm hopeful that it will work. <laughs> you know, all we can do is go through the study and see what happens. It's early days here in Australia. The trial has only recently gotten underway. Lacanumab is still under review for approval by the TGA. But early overseas trials suggest that this drug could slow cognitive decline by up to 40%. The people on the agents preserve their level of functioning. So they looked at 18 months, they were at where everyone else was at 12 months, if that makes sense. So that's six months of a, of a longer window. We won't know for another five years or more whether it prevents the development of dementia because these people, no one has dementia in this trial yet. So it is a long game to play. These are just the first two agents. If you think of cancer treatment, tuberculosis, HIV, these all involve two, three, or even up to four agents, four different drugs. We're not just gonna have a one silver bullet for Alzheimer's disease. It's not gonna just be lecanemab or denanemab. What do you hope to learn from it, Margaret? Like, what do you hope to take away from this trial? That I helped someone in the future. I'm all right. Um, it's those coming after me that will benefit from this. So if we don't do something now, someone behind will not benefit. It's like with any sort of new procedure. If someone doesn't try it, it's not going to help someone coming from behind. Slowly, the future of medical care for someone living with dementia is looking brighter. And Cara is cautiously optimistic. I think any breakthrough in a... Uh, I'm not going to say a cure, mm. but any breakthrough in, in the slowing down of the disease, I think can only be a good thing. Sadly, dementia is 
on the increase all over the world and it's going to affect so many of us going forward that it needs to be addressed mm. sooner rather than later. Cara has a good reason to be invested in the trial. She knows she has a higher than likely chance of potentially getting Alzheimer's herself. We have a very good memory doctor. Um, uh, you know, I'm sure that he has official title, but we call him the memory doctor <laughs> in our family. Yeah. Um, and I said, look, you know, what are the chances that my sisters and I are at high risk? And he said, you are very, very unfortunate. This is extremely rare to have two people, two parents diagnosed with Alzheimer's. I'm not going to lie. It's not looking great. You know, the stats are against you. I am, I am worried about it. You know, I do think about it a lot and it has impacted my choices in life. Before the diagnosis of my parents, I would work at least 12 hours a day and I've stopped. And I look at things like diet. I look at things at how much I sleep. I look at things like vitamins and supplements. All of these things from my research, from what they say, you know, what could have an effect on dementia. I'm putting those things in place early because I want to be head of that curve and I want to help myself to help my kids and yeah. help my husband. Um, because those are the people who are your first line of defence. Hmm. They're going to be your carers. It's hard to think of your loved ones as those who may have to take care of you. But in a world when medical intervention is still being trialled and tested, the network of loved ones who care for people affected by dementia is critical. It's important to talk to carers, I think more so than the person living with dementia, because in their world, like my parents, nothing has really changed to them. But for the carer, everything changes. And you don't want to feel like you're moaning because you love this person. And to be able to talk to somebody that's going through something very, very similar can give you that support network that you need and they become your family, essentially. Cara's father passed at the start of the year and she is still a care partner for her mum, Anne. Cara has attended support groups and is a part of a local dementia choir. That's where those with dementia and their carers come together once a week to sing. Being involved in it gives me a great deal of happiness and contentness. I enjoy it um, because I know I needed it when it first when it first kind of kicked off for me. Music is so important and, and plays such an important role in reminiscence and connecting that person back to themselves. And it can be joyful for you. If you enjoy music, it can be such a joyful experience because in that moment, in that hour of them singing some songs, you go, oh, there they are. There's mum, there's dad. Newcastle Cast is produced on a Wobbicool Country by Toby Hemmings and me, Larice Dixon. Our executive producers are Blythe Moore and Lucia Hill. We'll have the number for the National Dementia Helpline in the show notes, as well as how to find out more about Newcastle's Dementia Choir. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode. We'll catch you then. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.